Welcome to the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we continually seek everyday enlightenment for the benefit of ourselves and all other beings. I'm Ron Powell McLean, and I'm here with my good buddy, Danny Hobart. Today, we are talking about the vast view of consciousness and awareness. Hey, Dan. This is very exciting. It is very exciting. We, we get to be in studio together for the first time. The, you know, it's a, what is, uh, Brene Brown calls it FFTs. First, <laughs> first freaking times. Well, I'll give you the PG version. First freaking time. It's pretty uh, cool. I'm excited. Well, it is self-inflicted, so we must see the brighter side. <laughs> That's, I'm mandating that. We'll definitely see if it changes the dynamic of our. <laughs> of our well, we're generally pretty kind to each other, so I wouldn't expect a whole lot of difference, but you never know. It's true. It's very, very true. <sighs> so how do you feel about consciousness, Dan? <laughs> I, I would say consciousness is a good thing to have, <laughs> and I highly recommend it and shoot for it. You know, I, I'm bringing up the consciousness thing because I think it's one of the misunderstood elements of our practice. And what I mean by that is awareness and consciousness are not exactly equal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and I certainly can grasp the idea of consciousness generally, which is what being, I don't want to say awake or aware, but just being functional as a human, uh, you know, you can be conscious or you can be unconscious and unconscious is typically like a coma state. Right. So physically speaking, it's, I'd say it's easy enough to understand. So where I'm going with, with, spiritual consciousness is kind of the, I guess the piece that I specifically want to cover. And that is more of the pervasive and ever ready consciousness of, <clears throat> excuse me, of everything. So when we talk about ultimate reality, I'm talking about that consciousness. So specifically when we are practicing, my instruction is for you to find that place, that consciousness and your awareness of that consciousness that allows you to see the unaffected state, the natural state of things, and not affected by thoughts, not affected by emotions, not affected by thoughts. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That which is unstirred, that which is unchanged. So in Zochen, we, we talk a lot about the crystalline-like nature. So you know, I have a, you know, just a clear shard of crystal on my altar here, and it represents that 
clear state of being to me. So I can look through it, I can hold it up to color, I can see color through it, but the crystal itself is unchanged. Would you, <clears throat> would you say as opposed to being a constant state of awareness that it's a constant state of knowingness? Of knowing? Well, that consciousness that I'm talking about is throughout all things. So it's, it's equal to the idea of shunyata. So it's through all things. So through all form, through all formlessness, through all beings, through all things, every flower, every bug, every molecule, there's this consciousness that is ever-present, not 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 there i guess my question is then if it's persistent and consistent do you have it even if you're not aware of it yes yes our attention and our awareness lets us see it and experience it but then when our awareness is seeing our consciousness, it's really awareness of awareness. It's consciousness conscious of itself. Because we all arise from that same consciousness, everything arises and settles from that same consciousness. So this, you can even think of it as you know, the energy throughout all things throughout the oh. entire universe that which is inseparable and you can't pull away from it you can't not be a part a piece of that consciousness so it's a really big thought but it's really important to grasp it's the force in star wars it's really the same thing it's really what they're referring to that's it's a it's a lovely thing to me thinking of it as it as consciousness being always in existence that actually lightens i may be thinking of it in a bizarre simplistic way but it i feel like it lightens my load a little bit like i don't need to work to maintain or be something other than i am that's exactly it. Well, mission solved. Mission episode over. Solved. Episode, <laughs> episode over. Everybody, you're conscious. Go on down the road. We're done here. Nothing to see. Move along. Move along. So what we do with that understanding, though, is really very important. So when we can take the seat, and this is, this is your job each time you assume your meditation seat. So when we sit in practice and sit in silence is to sit in that space with our foot, you know, on the space of that consciousness, which is unaffected by our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and sensations. So when we can, when we can sit with that and understand that everything else after that is a reaction, a 
stimulus and a reaction and a human experience. So consciousness does not necessarily have to be human. It's where we are perceiving it and we are experiencing it through our human form. So it's important to sit back in that seat of unchangedness and then watch as thoughts and feelings, emotions and sensations arise. So when we can take that seat and we have an emotion particularly that arises when we see anger arising, when we see sadness arising, we see joy arising. Those are all human experiences and not the exact consciousness. It's, it's our human interpretation of that consciousness. So it's important for us to see that. And do you know why? <laughs> <laughs> do, you know why? do you know why it's important for us to see that, Dan? So we can, uh, so we can uh, relieve ourselves of our suffering. See our, and particularly when we look at suffering, suffering to me equals attachment. So when we are feeling, experiencing that suffering, it is because of our attachment and our attachments to those thoughts, feelings, emotions, and sensations. It's the, the visual, <clears throat> excuse me, the visual I was getting when you were describing that, a uh, little bit of an aha moment for me. I was picturing, and you can correct me or whatever, but I was picturing consciousness as sort of a straight line, uh, sort of a base level. That's where we all are. We right. all have, everything has that. And then we start, we start putting things on the line. We start building things up. Right. We start having experiences. We start having experiences. And our experiences are filtered, created, engineered by our attachments. Yes. And, and, our, and, our, and really just our human experience. So we're experiencing right. those things and, yeah. you know, we have an experience that now is a memory and now we have a, a conditioned response because of that memory and so on and so forth. So these are all things that sort of are cycling in our own human experience. And this is how we get suffering. Right. So understanding those that view, we can continually see that attachment arising and, oh, that's, that's my humanness. That's my human experience of this. And then we can start to build compassion for our own experience. So we understand, oh, you know, this is, this is Paolo having an experience of sadness in this human meat suit <laughs> mm -hmm. right yeah so we start to have compassion and then you know then our actions from there are wise they're wise and skillful because we understand ourselves and then what comes from understanding ourselves is that we understand other people it's only through the vision of of seeing and 
truly understanding our own reactions, that we can see and understand the actions and reactions of others, and particularly when they're unskillful. We can certainly, you know, I can make a list of, of people that I just saw on the, you know, on television. I didn't watch, you know, much news over the weekend. I couldn't bear it, but, you know, <laughs> you know, on, on Friday, you know, watching the unskillful behavior of, you know, our political parties and, you know, political system and whatnot that shows up in our media. And I can see the unskillful actions. I can also understand that those unskillful actions are coming from someone who is suffering. You know, it, it's interesting. We exist. We have consciousness. We add layers and layers of experience and judgment and attachment and to our consciousness, many of which we do without actively adding to it. It's a habit. It's a process. It's how we, it's how, you know, that's just how you are. We've all heard that. Mm -hmm. And so we build these things up through whatever means. And through this practice, through this process, to me, that's the stripping away of those things that I've built up or those things that I routinely do. It's interesting it's really interesting to think how we all live. We, we, we really sort of all live in our own little alternate realities, don't we? Right. And that's, you know, and it's normal. It's absolutely normal in, you know, in our, in our human experience to do that. That's part of the reason we just keep doing it over and over again, lifetime after lifetime is because we just don't see that we're, only focused solely focused on our relative experience it's almost it's almost like that thing where like you get a new shirt or new shoes and they're a little wild for you or maybe they're not quite right like maybe you were you shouldn't have been on your phone on amazon at two thirty <laughs> one morning i have those yeah <laughs> i think we pretty much all do it's my groupon purchases there you, <laughs> there you go so you get this thing you put it on you go outside and you're like oh man this is a little this may be a little much and you you get self-conscious about it and then you go about the world and nobody pays two two moments of attention to you and you have you have this sort of realization that oh, everybody's got their own weird shirt that they're wearing, right? Right. Every, everybody's, like everybody's in their own little world uh, sort of thing. Um, oh, it's just so fascinating. And then, and then when, you, when, when you put together the idea that, hey, we're actually all, all the same or we're all part of the same, Everything has its the same consciousness. This that's this is one of those topics, certainly, where when you when you get into it, like we are, when you drill down, it gets really big, really fast. Right. 
but it's the thing that really keeps pointing us to enlightenment. When we, when we really take the time and, you know, if you, <laughs> if you watched my, um, my, my service, my Sunday service for uh, Kansas City Buddhist Center yesterday on mm -hmm. YouTube or Facebook, I, I was pretty pointed <laughs> in, in, say, <laughs> in saying, you know, it's time to practice. Yeah. It's time to quit screwing around and practice. And that doesn't mean check in and do a 10-minute meditation once a week. It means every day. And quite frankly, the Tibetan masters would say practice six times a day. And it could it only needs to be 10 or 15 minutes mm -hmm. six times a day. But you gotta show up. You gotta show up if you really want this enlightened state and the benefit from it, you gotta show up. And especially in the beginning to start really understanding what the hell you're even looking at. I spent a lot of years just, you know, watching my belly button, <laughs> like just watching it go in and out and in and out. And it, that does a great job of helping you to slow down. And it does a great job of quieting things down, but then listening to what you hear in that silence is really, really important. Well, I've probably said it 50 times on here, and I'm, it's a common thing I say to people, especially, you know, people that are interested in Buddhism but haven't practiced or don't know what that is. And sort of even the word of, of being a practice, like a Buddhist practice, it makes it sound like it's a thing, right? Like if you're going to play baseball, when you're a kid, you go practice. I used to throw a ball. I used to practice pitching by throwing my ball, baseball, against a concrete wall that I had at my house over and over again for hours, right? And like you try to hit the dot every time so you can throw a strike whenever you want. And this is very much a practice in that repetition consistency, actually doing it, as you say, certainly is important. And, what I, and, and really, to be perfectly clear, it's about experiencing it. There's no doing to do. Like it, it, the idea that we're sitting down and doing something or achieving something is false. It's really just shutting the hell up. <laughs> And well, let, right. And letting, right. you know, letting those things start to reveal themselves. And specifically, we want to stop distracting ourselves from all of the things that are uncomfortable, which we do. So we have an uncomfortable thought and immediately we are trained to think of something else. Oh, don't worry. Be happy. Yeah. You know, focus your attention somewhere else. You know, pick up your phone and start, you know, scrolling or pick up the remote control and start flipping or go to the refrigerator and start grazing. Some way to dull the discomfort. So in stillness, the, the discomfort arises and it's important to see. And from this seat of clarity, the seat of of consciousness, 
we can see, oh, that's an emotion arising. Ah, look at it. Look at what, you know, here's, here's how it feels in my body. I can explore it sort of, you know, as a curiosity and not being drug around by that emotion. We don't necessarily have to just be drug into, you know, sadness and, mm -hmm. oh, that's just, you know, today's going to suck because now I feel sadness and it's just going to be, it's going to be here until I go to sleep and reset. Yeah. What's the saying? Pull or get dragged? Let go or get dragged. Let go or get dragged. Yeah, that's like it. Let go pull. or get dragged. Pull. That's the same it's, as. It's really the, you know, yeah. it's every one of those attachments. Let go, let go or get dragged. By everything, By thoughts, everything. feelings, emotions, and sensations. Those all have a tendency, and we have the tendency to just go along. We're just going along with, mm -hmm. with what drags us. Yeah. Well, it's circling back, back a tiny bit. This is, this is the part where you, you tell people, and now I tell people, and I think most of our sangha tells people or recommends, stop reading and start practicing. Yeah. With the message that it's really about the experience and not about, you know, it's not a degree. I, I was flipping through Facebook the other night and, you know, I love a good online course. So it has been hammering me with opportunities for online courses. Mm -hmm. And I got one that popped up that said, um, it was a $39 degree in Buddhism. <laughs> I was like, wow, what? Wow. What what is this? I almost paid thirty nine dollars just to find out, <laughs> just to see what it was. Just to see what it was. You know, knowing you, you probably would learn something. I don't know if you'd get thirty nine bucks out of it, I but would, you might. I would probably learn that you can't get a degree yeah. for thirty nine dollars in Buddhism. <laughs> well, that and but again, that would be something, right? And even you know, you know, I I took the step back and thought, okay, maybe it's just you know, it's just understanding, you know, it's the teaching the concepts of you mm -hmm. know the Buddhist philosophies, and that you're not going to get enlightened. <laughs> it's not a degree in enlightenment. <laughs> I was watching uh, Shameless on Netflix, which is a long time Showtime series. Uh, and there's sort of a famous character actor on there and he, he's got this recurring on off role and out of nowhere, of course, him and one of the main characters who's a drunk and a like halfway homeless all the time. And they're, they're hanging out on the couch together and they've been, they got a hold of some extra drugs or something. So they're in this weird, like contemplative state and he just starts spotting off. He goes, Duca. <laughs> he goes, and he turns and looks at his buddy. He goes, your whole life is suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy looks back at him like, huh? <laughs> like this is normal. This is, this is, this is just life. You know, this is just, this is, <laughs> it, 
it just uh it, it sounds like the dialogue in my mind when i go to starbucks or something and yeah. i just see someone struggling with you know their, yes whatever their whatever's happening in their day and i just think that's suffering yeah yeah your whole life is suffering. your whole life is suffering <laughs> it's like yeah nail in in you know in just a one tiny scene uh completely unexpected which is of course what makes it good if you if you're interested in Buddhism at all, but it was, it was just kind of funny. Um, it was, it was an, ex, it was a huge moment of awareness and understanding by the person saying it and a complete lack of comprehension by the listener. That's fantastic. Yeah. Big, big, big ideas, big concepts, big, big reality, Yeah, big reality, big thing. This is consciousness is a big thing, isn't it? It's a really big thing. Well, and it's a, you know, it's the simplicity of it that we miss. We, we often get lost in our own interpretation of what these, some of these terms are. So consciousness sounds like, you know, awareness mm -hmm. and they're not the same thing, but awareness of consciousness is where we have the opportunity as humans to put skillful action into the mix when we're understanding our own responses and reactions as humans, which is, it's also simple, right? But when you're looking all over the place and we think, you know, even the idea and my description of, of consciousness and that energy that's all pervasive through all things, you can get very lost in, you know, the meta metaphysical thinking of manifesting and what, what am I, what, you know, not just as a human, like, what am I, what kind of biological creature am I? What kind of, what's my spirit or my soul or my I, mind? Am or I, my, what am I? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, the id, the ego, all the all the parts that have been attempted to be defined and labeled, and yeah, it is definitely from 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 a seeker of things to another seeker of things. As you, I'm guessing, have been down that road like so many of us. Like like you said, online course for that sounds ridiculous. Well, maybe I should try it out. <laughs> like you know, how many, how many self help like gurus and systems and I know how can I define what I am? What's, what am I? Where am I? Who am I? How am I? I do. I do look for wisdom in, in obscure places. I was, um, I won't name the teacher, but I, you know, watched a, um, Oh, a, a Facebook live, um, on, um, dream, dream yoga which, you know, Lama Suryadas teaches, and that's how I was exposed to it and through some of his senior students. You know, I've, I've learned to practice it. So I thought, you know, oh, I'm going to listen to a different teacher's interpretation of it. And um, this teacher also has a foot in some other traditions, not necessarily Buddhist. And there, there was discussion at one point of, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and sharing your your dream experience with a stick, <laughs> a stick or a stuffed animal, and 
I just thought, oh, okay, there's wisdom in everything. <laughs> Sometimes the wisdom is to see that waking up in the middle of the night and speaking to a stick might mean I need some adjustments in my meds. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, and not that, you know, not that the teaching was completely devoid of, you know, of sure. wisdom, but that um, just turned my head a little. I, I have that, um, that puppy dog look like, hmm? <laughs> what's that you say? That's fantastic. Stick? What? I don't, you can't even comprehend such that. I mean, it's just, well, it's out there. That's, out there. that's out there. That's it's for sure. There. And you know, it, uh, there's, Ugh. I, one of my teachers over the years um, has some hang up with writing, like writing a book or, um, you know, recording things because, you know, the reality is as teachers and as practitioners, we continue to evolve. So what I record today may be superseded <laughs> by an idea five years from now where I have a, a broader understanding. And I think that there's, there's wisdom all along the path. What we should never do is misrepresent our own awareness and our own understanding. So I just try to come from an authentic place. Um, and, you know, we haven't really talked about this on here, but I released about a month ago my very first um, meditation CD which I started working on in 2017 and I don't know, things got lost and things, you know, got in the way and I, you know, broke up with some people that were helping me with it. And mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, it just sat in a, in a, you know, a digital file somewhere until I, I guess was ready for it. And so I, you know, did some edits on my own and added some, you know, some background sounds and some, you know, some chanting where it was necessary and released this thing. And I know that, you know, at some point I'll look back and, you know, you just roll your eyes like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> but right now I'm really proud of it. <laughs> and I think, you know, for, you know, for the right person at the right place on their path, it will resonate just as, you know, everything has for me. I think you're ready for, for specific wisdom at specific times and you can understand it from a viewpoint at a specific time in your experience. So every, everything happens exactly at the right time. Yes. Right. And it may be a thing that's happened a hundred times, but it was that hundred and first time <laughs> when you needed and were ready to hear it or see it, accept it, become aware of it. Well, in your evolution, you know, the evolution of, you know, understanding, you know, these, 
these concepts of awareness and consciousness and your own human experience and, and all of that, it's, it really develops over a period of time. Sometimes you get an immediate glimpse and you're like, oh, there it is. And then you lose it again. <laughs> so it really takes, you know, some practice in just sitting and waiting for things to reveal themselves and unfold in a way that you understand them. And sometimes it just takes an experience along the path that's maybe not on the cushion that helps you to understand the whole, the whole viewpoint. Well, yeah, that's, that's definitely human. The human experience, you, you see it in other people, you see it in yourself, you see it in how things work. Tunnel vision is real. Getting too close to something to see the bigger picture is real. Uh, it's hard to see the whole forest when you're walking through the woods. And the important thing, too, is, you know, this continual practice of, of offering. And, you know, that, that concept to me makes mm. a lot of, um, makes a lot of sense. And there's a devotional aspect that has grown within my practice that I didn't start out with, you know, I liked I liked the ritual of my Catholic upbringing. I liked the, mm -hmm. you know, I liked the Sunday service. I liked that it had a rhythm to it, but then I had, you know, a breakup with, you know, my, my original um, religion, if you will. And when I finally came back to some sort of gathering, which was Buddhist, I rejected the ritual and the implements and the ceremony. It bugged me. I just, I couldn't get away from it fast enough. I didn't really want to see idols and icons and robes and, and things like that. And you know, now <laughs> you're sitting in my space with, you know, all yeah. of my, you know, with all my accoutrement, mm -hmm. but it's, it's interesting how that has evolved for me. So when I think about this awareness of consciousness and then that consciousness seeing itself as thoughts and feelings and emotions and sensations that then I can offer those things up and the attachment i can offer those up to the state of awareness so it's not like i'm offering it up to like i'm not sacrificing something for <laughs> god you know when i'm when i'm lighting incense i have the it's awakening senses you know it's awakening senses within me of smell and i sometimes taste it you can see it you know, there's, there's some crackle. There was a crackle one that I had once. It sounded like it was my hair on fire. And so there was an experience of sound and sight and taste and touch. And that's all awareness stuff. It's not a magical thing of offering this smoke to a God somewhere. 
it's really about my awakened attention. And oh, this is the experience of incense offering. So I can take each of those awarenesses as they arise and continually offer that up to my awareness and my awareness of consciousness. So there's a cyclical thing and you start to feel the perpetual okayness of that state. Oh, I see what it is. Oh, I see what it is. There again, I see what it is. And it's not annoying. It's now it becomes familiar and it's not shocking. It just becomes part of your conditioning rather than conditioning yourself to find distraction. You find conditioning in your awakened awareness. Would you say that that's a good place for people that are new to a practice or new to their practice? Is that your description of lighting incense and paying attention to it and being aware of, of all your senses and what that experience is? Yeah. I mean, the, I think my favorite offering and meditation offering is to sit in nature. You know, if you can find a little, you know, moving stream and watch the water move, watch it come and go, watch the clouds come and go, watch the birds do what they do and the trees do what they do and the plants do what they do and the bugs do that what they do. And you just get to sit and watch. That's the same thing. That's that consciousness. So, you know, it's not only those things that are happening, but then when we add the layer of our reactions and interactions with all of those things that are arising, the stream moving and the bug flying and the bird hopping and the tree blowing. These are all interconnected pieces of our consciousness. And then I have the emotional reaction to whether I like it or I don't like it. It's nice, it's hot, it's cold, it's just right. All of those things are just offerings of awareness. So that's a good place to be. If you need more of a container, you know, sit someplace quiet and, you know, watch a candle flame or watch, you know, incense smoke and just let it be what it is. Don't try to make it into anything. We're not trying to see visions, you know, in the smoke. We're not trying to see visions in a flame. We're not looking, you know, we're not fortune telling or future telling. We're right here in this moment where all of these experiences are actually happening. It's not a memory of them and it's not an expectation of them. It's just them happening. So you're saying I can meditate with my eyes open? You should. You should. When you, and specifically, when you can touch that, that place of consciousness that you, you're checking the boxes and you realize this is the space that's unchanged and that's the watcher. Like when you become the watcher and you can see your own emotions arising, you can see your own sensations arising. You can be aware that, you know, the cool that you feel on your skin 
is a reaction that's arising in your human experience and not the not the consciousness itself. Well, it is the consciousness itself, but it's arising from that consciousness into our human experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. So when you get that clarity, when you can really touch that place when you are sitting, then everything is open and open your eyes open your mouth, open your ears, open your nose, like everything open, 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 just experiencing everything. That's, that's what you meant earlier when, when you were talking about practice being, it's not, it's not doing, it's being. It's absolutely being. Yeah. Yeah. And there is nothing to do. We're not sitting down and trying to, do anything we're not sitting down and trying to slow our mind down or get out of our thoughts i mean we can consciously move from our our head to our hearts you know if you feel like you've got popcorn brain going on which a lot of us do you can correct that with posture and attention so you know i I like to say that, you know, your, your body is your throttle when you are meditating and specifically like if you straighten your spine and find that space, like check in with yourself, what, what am I feeling? And, you know, a lot of us are either feeling, you know, depression or anxiety. So, you know, there's a lowness or a popcorny popperness, right? So if you're leaning a little too far forward or you're, you know, you're slumping a little, that brings on the sensation of depression. And the converse of that, if you're leaning back too far, you can feel anxiousness. So, you know, just making simple changes in that posture when you're meditating can change your outcome and what you're you're feeling the same with your uh, you know if you feel like you've got popcorn popper brain going on and the thoughts just keep coming 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 drop your chin a little bit drop it into your chest a tiny bit and it brings that sensation of of awareness out of your head and into literally into your chest, into your heart area. And we're not talking about, you know, your, your heart of um, compassion or your romance. This is the heart of consciousness. And that emanates from that, that chest area in our human being as well. Some, those are some really good, pro tips you know important to figure out but you have to practice to start to understand oh hey i'm having the experience of you know i feel crappy (laughs) well right like you have to you have to practice enough at a thing to then start to understand how you feel about it or, or what your experience really is that's i used to and i've probably told this story too before but i used to when I was in high school, I worked at a, a pool hall, billiards pool, 
like shooting pool and I got pretty good. Decent anyway. Um, had some good teachers and played all the time. And the, about the first rule I learned was always you, you should be ma- able to make every straight shot on the table before you try to bank shot or before you try to, <laughs> right. you know, do anything fancy combo or whatever you want. And it's really sort of the same. You got to get the fundamentals down. You got to go with the basics when you're new to something, go with the basics. Of course, even if you're a little less than new like me or more experienced like you, you still have these moments right from time to time that pop up and it's good to always come back to the basics. Well, there's, you know, there's, you know, there's more clarity to, to learn, you know, at, I hate to call it different levels because there's really not levels. It's sort of a, an expansion of your awareness that, once you get a little practice, you might start having like really, you know, what feels like profound experiences where you've got, I don't know, you know, could be color, or you could see shapes, or you could feel like you're, you know, you don't have a body any longer and you're expanding into everything. And mm-hmm. that is, you know, in Tibetan, we call that a nyam. And a nyam needs to be interrupted. <laughs> so. See, so we yeah. do things like, you yeah. know, we use the the shouting sound to interrupt that sound. You can also clap your hands or snap or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I also especially when I don't want to scare everyone around me is I just make a sh- sh- sound and it transcends that that bliss state that is also an illusion. So these, you know, this state where we're, you know, where we're only tied to our relative feelings, like our thoughts or emotions or the sensations of, you know, even pain in our body. And we get all consumed by that. We can go the other direction and be all consumed by this blissful state. Think, oh my God, this is it. I've, you know, I've, I've climbed the mountain and I'm experiencing it. Nope. <laughs> nope, there's a cliff on the other side of that blissful state that is pretty abrupt. Yeah. So we want to interrupt it and keep rejoining that very basic understanding of consciousness. Just connecting with that consciousness and not riding the wave of, you know, the pretty cloud and feel like we're levitating or you know, seeing beautiful, profound colors that have never been perceived by another human. And <laughs> there's, you know, there's an innate trap there as well. So we continue to build our awareness and our understanding that there are a lot of illusions that reveal themselves in our practice. So when we can really just get back to basics and get back to that connection with that consciousness and seeing all things as the arising of reactions and even illusion from that central consciousness. I suppose, I suppose that makes sense. Good things, bad things, bright, colorful things, dark, drab, sad things. All arising from that neutral, unchanged, unfazed, state of consciousness and it's not your consciousness it's not my consciousness it is 
consciousness. I gave the example yesterday of, you know, we, we chant Om Mane Padme Hum, the jewel is in the lotus, and we like the lotus flower, you know, and the example that it lives in mud. It comes from mud and stuff that we find kind of unpleasant, but then it, it's this beautiful bloom that comes from it. And that, that plant is not sitting there wishing, hoping, and sad that it's not, you know, on a beach <laughs> or, you know, or in Vegas for the weekend or living in a different neighborhood. It's really quite happy where it is because that's where yeah. it blooms. That's this where is, it is where it lives. Yep. So there's, you know, there's, uh, there's a teaching in there, but there's also the understanding that we are experiencing something a little more. And that's intellect, that's logic, that's sensation and the awareness of all of those things. So we, we have that same consciousness as the lotus flower, but we're a lot more complicated. Unless you find one that can talk. And that probably exists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this journey to awakening dawns many realizations. First is consciousness and what it actually is. And through the clarity of that lens, we can begin to examine the experience of thoughts, feelings, emotions and sensations. As our understanding grows, we see our attachment to those experiences and cultivate compassion for the state of our own conditioned existence. With this wide and skillful view, we can continually offer up the awareness of this consciousness and our human experience, illuminating our formerly dark path. So, Dan, this has been a, an awesome experience, actually being in the same room with you, recording our, our weekly podcast. Heck of a deal, Powell. It's a heck of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, uh, thank you for this. And folks, remember, meditate as fast as you can. Bye now. <laughs>